Previously on Missing Richard Simmons. No one is holding me in my house as a hostage. I just really don't want to do anything. But why did it take so long for him to say that? Why did it take two years? His brother, he's only leaving family and he lives in New Orleans. All right, we're close. Can you feel it? Did you know that Richard Simmons used to live here? Fuck no. I didn't think anyone liked me because I was fat. And that's where his angst, his compassion comes from. I'm 60 years old now. And I devoted my life to this. And I will devote my life to this to the day I die. I'm Dan Tversky, and this is Missing Richard Simmons, Episode 5. Oh, brother, where art thou? So here's where we left off. My producer Henry and I came to New Orleans to find Lenny, Richard's only brother. And once we found him... He wasn't totally, completely, 100% on board with what we're doing. Can I help you? Hi, uh, I'm Dan. Oh, I sent you that email last week. Uh, never called me. Oh. I guess we should have called. What did he look like? He looked like he just got out of bed. Oh. Hello? Hi. I'm the guy who just made a huge mistake by coming to your door instead of calling first. Okay. I'm so sorry. That's all right. Uh, there was a couple other reporters that did this, and... Ever since Richard went underground, Lenny has been incredibly protective of his younger brother. He hasn't talked to anyone, as far as I can tell. So I really appreciated his willingness to stay on the phone and talk for a bit. The only thing I will tell you is that my wife and I were there for Christmas, like we are almost every year, and oh. we, had, we had a very pleasant time, and uh, he was in good spirits except for a cold, and, and um, he's doing what he wants to do, uh, which is just to kind of enjoy life and, and kick back. So, I mean, that's, that's frankly the, the only comment I, I have. And I, I totally understand him wanting to be quiet. I totally get it, and I think if anybody has earned it, he has. I think it's just the, the, the severity of how he cut so many people out that is just so surprising. He's not angry with anybody, but it, he just, it's just like he, he decided, all right, I've done it, and now I, I just want to be quiet. He doesn't talk to very many people, which is, you know, I, I wish he would, but, uh, you know, I can't make him. He's not his older brother. But, you know, he calls me every Sunday, and that's all I can really tell you about his life at this point. But... Uh, for some reason, he, he's just wanted to be quiet, which is the complete opposite of what he normally is. <laughs> so I, 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 I don't understand it. Uh, I wish I did, but I have to respect it. Do you think he cares what people think? Uh, I, I think he cares, but I, I don't think that he worries about some of the stuff that he has been told about that's been in you know National Enquirer or TMZ, which, of course was completely um, erroneous and, frankly, uh, just a, a lie. Okay, let's stop there. There's more from Lenny, but first I want to get into what he's referring to here from the National Enquirer. Is Richard Simmons now a woman? That's the shocking headline in the National Enquirer. Simmons' spokesman is calling the story not true and a complete fabrication. It wouldn't be the world's biggest shock, would it? It would certainly explain why Richard's been physically hiding for so long. And why the one time he did speak out in three years... Savannah, it's Richard Simmons. How are you? I'm good, Richard. ...was with a phone call to the Today Show and not in person. 
Is it possible Richard Simmons is transitioning? Sure, of course it is. Is it anyone but Richard's business? No. So where did the Inquirer even get an idea like that? I was standing outside of the studio on Saturday morning. This is Ben Harper, Slimmons alum, talking about an incident from around four years ago. There's, I saw this little, little woman walking up the street in a country western outfit, and I thought, what the hell is going on here? Who's this? Who's just like a, a country girl, cut off denim jeans and a and a Daisy Duke pulled, you know, shirt pulled it around the, and I thought it was a little woman. He walked, he walked up and said hi to me, and I just couldn't believe it. Of course, it was Richard. And it definitely wasn't a one-time thing. I don't know. He's always wearing weird shit to class. Another time, uh, Truth is, Richard Simmons loves dressing like a woman. The girlier, the better. And it's not like a private secret thing. He was doing it on TV in the 80s on his daytime talk show. And he was doing it in photo ops and public appearances as recently as 2014. And it's also true that right before he disappeared, he was doing a lot more of it. Here are the Double Time Twins, regulars at Slimmons. For the last like two or three months, he was showing up in drag, like full drag, like hair, makeup, everything. And he looked amazing. And yeah, amazing. It's like, you look amazing you today. Look, you look beautiful, Richard. I'm watching a video of Richard dressed like, I'm guessing, Rita Hayworth, wearing pink curls and a leopard print robe. And he just stepped on a bathroom scale. In those final months, Richard posted a series of elaborate videos where he was dressed like all sorts of women. That's him doing Claire Danes in Homeland and nailing it. My beard's so long, they wanted to paint the Last Supper on it. Thing is, though, he also did some guy characters, too, like that jackass from Duck Dynasty. Hey, my beard's so long, Dora can't explore on it. (laughs) I've also seen him dressed like King Tut and in an athleisure wear ensemble made entirely out of sporks. So... And besides, the span between looking awesome in a dress and being transgender is a pretty huge leap. We all know that by now, right? And listen, if Richard actually were transitioning, I wouldn't tell you about it here. I'd do the same thing I would want people to do for me in that position. Just lie about it, till I was ready to reveal the new me in my own good time. But that being said, that's not what's happening. Richard has denied it, Lenny has denied it, and that's good enough for me. But if he is transitioning, muzzle tough. But he's not. I don't think. You know, he just wants to be quiet right now, and I have to respect his wishes. Okay, back to Lenny. Do you think it's the severity of, of because he was he was so connected to so many people that just doing it, like just cutting it off, was the only way to actually do that? I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I can't be in his mind, so I'm not too sure exactly why he made that decision to do it that way, but he did. Maybe one day he'll tell me. Wow. He really hasn't. He doesn't. He really has not confided in me. Uh, Teresa, they have been together for so long. They're very good friends, and Teresa uh, is his right-hand Jane, I guess she's so, uh, yeah, they, they, uh, they, they are very, very close. 
do you think Moro is just um, not telling the truth, or? Uh, I, 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 it's hard for me to believe that uh, he particularly cares. Right. He cares about some things, but it's certainly not not about my brother. But Lenny, you 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 think that you think that he seems happy and healthy? You know, happy is kind of a hard word to to describe. There's nothing going wrong medically, and I would know that. Does he have cancer? Does he have AIDS? Does he have this? Does he have that? And he doesn't have any of that. And he's healthy. Yeah. What do you think the odds are of me getting five minutes on the phone with Richard Simmons? Uh, say, oh, no. I, I don't think that that's going to happen. Lenny Simmons could be the world's biggest liar. Every word he uttered could be false, to protect his brother or hide some secret. But even as I say that, it just doesn't seem right, does it? I just believe him. So assuming for a minute that the things he told me are true, here's the stuff that makes me stoked. Richard is not sick. Richard is making his own decisions. Richard is talking to somebody every Sunday. I know that sounds like a dumb one, but a lot of people didn't even think that was happening. Also, it makes me happy that Lenny Simmons sounds like Bradley Whitford. That's just a fun bonus. Now, here are the things that really bum me out. You know, happy is kind of a hard word to to describe. Blech. That seemed so honest to me and such a drag. And the second thing that bums me out? Not even Lenny knows why Richard's done this. He's as dumbfounded as we are. Listening to him describe Richard's life now, it reminds me a lot of someone else. Everybody I know that is morbidly obese is alone. Remember Kathy from Nebraska? She and I talked a lot about the loneliness of her own life dealing with obesity. It is, it is, um, it's isolating. They prefer to be alone. They hide in their homes. They they don't go out for many, many reasons. It's physically miserable to do it. It is socially miserable to do it. And you're, you're so ashamed, you don't think you deserve it. I wonder if those feelings and habits from being obese ever leave you, how hard they are to shake. And if Richard, the fat teenager, and all the habits that go along with that, I wonder if that's the Richard in charge right now. If I had a conversation with him right now, I would say, you know, quit isolating, find the people, seek out people that you trust. It's horribly lonely and you kind of start getting a little crazy and, and, and you start getting inside of your own head. And um, it's a really tough thing. The more, the longer you stay in isolation, the harder it is to get out of it because the world goes on without you. Yeah. And yet I, I, I feel like I understand part of what you're saying. There's something about that isolation that's so appealing. It's so attractive. Well, you don't get challenged. You, you don't get any surprises. You have no responsibility. Every day is the same. <sighs> I mean, you don't think about all you're missing out on because you don't see it. And so, 
here we are. Based on everything we know now, it is likely that Richard Simmons is home and pretty much not leaving. I believe he has become a recluse. As far as theories of why, I'm not in the he's sick camp. I'm also not in the he's transitioning camp. In fact, I'm starting my own camp. You can decide if you want to be in my camp with me after the break. We have talked about Slimmons, and we've talked about sweating to the oldies, and deal meal, and talk shows, and mall tours, and Jesus H. Christ, Richard Simmons was a busy guy. But there is one huge important thing about the Richard Simmons empire that we haven't talked about yet. The cruise to lose. Hi, everyone. Hi. Well, here it is, our first day of the cruise. Since the early 90s, and right through to 2011, a couple times a year, Richard Simmons hosts the cruise to lose. It's Richard and about 300 of his most ardent followers, friends, and students who paid a basically OD on a week's worth of pure grade A Richard Simmons. Now, tomorrow we have a very full day, and we're going to have a disco class. So make sure everyone's there, really hot disco. Yeah, You do all the cruisy stuff, shuffleboard and casino night and all that, but also you get to exercise with Richard and go to seminars and group meetings with him about how to manage food and feelings. It was a perfect world for one week. Here's Kathy again. I didn't know so many fat people existed. I mean, seriously. I was with people who never judged me for my size or my ability to get around or what I could do physically. I was simply loved and supported. And it was like... A freedom like you cannot even imagine. All right, let's put our music on and move around. Move that chocolate souffle a little bit. Give me that music loud. Louder! Louder! How many cruises have you been on? Probably about 18 or 19. Wow. Yes, wow. <laughs> you remember Winifred Morris. She's a nutritionist. And she spent 16 years working side by side with Richard on all those cruises. All these people who came back to the cruises time after time as if their lives depended on it. These are people who maybe haven't, hadn't been out of their houses in years and or really connected with people who felt the same way that they felt. And so the, the connections were just palpable. And Richard created that. The Cruise to Lose is important because it was a microcosm of all the wonderful things about being Richard Simmons, but also of all the real challenges of being him, too. He would run over to you and give you a big hug and a kiss, and, and he was just kissing everybody, hugging everybody. Beth Lissick is an author, and she wrote about her experience on The Cruise to Lose. And, and these women, a lot of them are attracted to him in a sexual way. They get very flustered and very like, oh, here comes Richard. Like, oh, doesn't he look good tonight? Look at Richard. You know, they get very kind of worked up when Richard comes over. And it's not just a fangirl thing. It's like there's a sexual energy. Really? That, yeah, yeah. Here's a cruise video from 2010. All that screaming, it's because Richard got on the table to dance for them. And then a woman approaches and puts a dollar in his shorts. 
It's funny, right? Ha ha. Until you get a look at her face and you realize she is not joking. At all. And the other women, they follow suit. He must have made 20 bucks in 90 seconds. They are in a frenzy. And before your head goes there, I'm not saying it was some weight loss cruise sex ring thing. But it is important to understand how intense it was. It's, I, for, I just best describe it as like a Liberace thing. When Liberace was first, you know, playing piano on TV, women would go crazy for him because he, you know, he has a very, I mean, he's very, Richard's very affectionate with women and he's, he sees you, you know, and, and that is, goes a long way. And he sees you. Yep. Yep. It's, yeah, it's, that is a big part of it. I mean, he hugs all these, you know, sweaty fat women. You know? That's Kathy again. Hugs and loves them and, 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 you know, appropriately, affectionately. And I'm telling you, most obese people don't get a lot of hugs. Some people never get touched. Richard stepped through those bounds and got on an intimate level with people and made them feel like they had value and that they mattered. And pretty soon you start believing that you do matter and you do have value. What a wonderful thing to be able to do that for people. What a gift Richard Simmons had for empathy. But the thing I can't stop thinking about, though, is how unqualified he was to be doing all of this, to be navigating all of that emotional intimacy, all that psychic pain. I love the guy, and I think he's been a force for incredible good in the world. But I can't help but wonder if he was in over his head. He wanted people to need him. He really did. And they did. They desperately needed A lot of them fell in love with him. I mean, I had almost every cruise, there'd be someone almost ready to commit suicide because Richard wasn't giving them the, the attention that they had built up in their minds. That I had a big talk to Richard one day about it. I said, look, there's this girl, she's just suicidal and she was so sure that you were talking to her through the television and that you were going to propose to her as soon as you set eyes on her. So it was a problem. It really was. And it got even more fraught than that. Richard needed all those people just as much as they needed him or perhaps a little more. And in fact, sometimes when people lost weight, really got down to go weight, he really lost interest in them. He was unsupportive, to put it mildly. So, How do you mean unsupportive? Being ignored by Richard on a cruise where they'd come back at goal weight. I can see some in my mind now. And it didn't work for Richard. I guess he felt empty. I don't, I just, he should have been thrilled. But Success. Yes. Exactly. He was a complicated, he is a complicated person, as you know. He is. What is his responsibility if he cut people off who he was working with as a therapist? Never as a therapist, you see. You're using the word. I'm using the yes. word. But don't you think he put himself in that position? Not really, because he didn't have anybody sign anything or... He wasn't signing anything. It was, he didn't pretend to be something he wasn't. Did he ever study? No, he didn't ever have therapy and he wasn't a therapist, but he, he was empathetic. He had incredible empathy. He, so he wasn't a therapist. Is empathist a word? <laughs> Not quite, but... It should be a word. He was an empathist. What a fabulous word. 
Turns out the word is empath, but I like mine better. Regardless, I don't think empathy was enough. As far as I can tell, Richard Simmons never studied in any traditional sense to learn the skills to make sure he was doing this right. Not just to protect the people he was helping, but also to protect himself. When he helps somebody, he feels the happiness of it, but he feels the sadness of it when it's the other way around and when it doesn't work. There was one, I wish I could remember her name now, just the most beautiful young girl, about 21, and she could hardly make it to the exercise um, room. She, she had to rest so many times that she could hardly get there on time for the lectures or the exercise. And she wrote me the loveliest letter after her cruise about how it was the best time of her entire life. And she was dead in two weeks after that. He had a lot on his, a lot on his hands. And by the end of that cruise, he was depleted. Here's author Beth Lissick again. Like, he was so tired. And from just all the energy that he was giving to everybody. So, he, you know, his hair, which is so he's so famous for his hair, it was just like completely flattened. It was just kind of these damp kind of jerry curls. And he was just like really busted. You can't hold all of those people inside you all the time and and live in that state of empathy um, too much or it's harmful to you. Rebecca Meredith met Richard on her first cruise to lose. She lost 125 pounds and was so inspired by Richard's methods that she went back to school in her 40s to become a psychoanalyst. I figure if I'm going to play armchair therapist about a guy who I think was playing extreme armchair therapist, I might as well do it with an actual therapist. There are people that have got some huge wounds, and, and opening those wounds up is a dicey kind of thing. There are people that, for one reason or another, you can never do enough for. It's like having a bucket with a hole in the bottom of it, right? And you can fill it and fill it and fill it and fill it, but it still runs out the bottom. And, you, and, and sometimes people can't fix that. And as soon as you quit filling it, they feel that emptiness and believe that you created it. And, and I don't say that disrespectfully. Those don't come out of nowhere. There's a lot of pain involved with that stuff. But you will ultimately abandon them because they are set up to be ultimately abandoned. Boy, that's an interesting way of putting it. Sometimes people will have to be abandoned because that, there's no other out of that relationship. It's sad, but it's true. That can't be easy for a person in your position. It's not. So is that what happened? He wanted out, and the only way was all the way. I know I've asked the following question before, but I finally got an answer that makes sense to me. He left without saying a word. Mm -hmm. um, is there a point that he has a responsibility to these people? Depending on what's going on with Richard, that point may be moot. My mom um, was a fan of Richard Simmons from, from gosh, as long as I can remember. This is Stacy. Um, she just, lives in Idaho. Kind of a few years ago, her mom got really sick. Hard. She only um, lasted a year after her diagnosis. And she went to Richard's website to buy some DVDs, you know, for old time's sake. And, you know, there's always that one place on a website where you can say, contact us. 
And so I don't remember exactly what I typed. I just, I, I told him uh, about my mom passing away, about how much he had impacted our lives. Um, and uh, never really thought anything of it. You know, you hit the send button and you just, you wonder where it goes, right? <laughs> where it went was right to Richard. She got this voicemail message a few days later. And for me, it explains a lot. Saved message, Sunday, 9.55 a.m. Sweet Stacy. It's Richard Simmons. Excuse me. Calling from Los Angeles. I just read your email. I'm very sorry about the passing of your mother. I know it's like the hardest thing to go through. My mother passed away seven years ago, and it's not been an easy time for me. And your email meant the world to me. Thank you very much for touching my heart. Bye-bye. I remember um, just being completely stunned. The sincerity in his voice, the fact that... um, that I think I did touch him with my email. And that, I mean, it, yeah, that it made my year. But all I hear is utter exhaustion. Richard does not know this person. She fired off a quick note in the Contact Us section of Richard's website, the same place where somebody would complain that they hadn't gotten the Richard Simmons beach towel they ordered. Empathy is one thing, but to me, this is a man who is not in control of it anymore. For me, it's the classic superhero thing. You have to learn to control your superpower, or else it consumes you. So, Richard Simmons. Next episode is my last episode. This was never meant to be an endless search party. I make my case for why you're awesome, and you either respond or you don't. It's up to you, and I've already pushed it enough. But I will say this. And I know I sound like a crazy person because I'm talking to somebody through a podcast who might not even be listening, but I wish you would just give us a chance to repay the favor. Let us be the empathetic ones for a change. Give us a chance to say that what you're feeling is okay and to say thank you for all you've done. For your entire life, you have been relentless in personality, in business, in kindness, and now in maintaining your isolation. Just relentless. Well, I'm not going to be. I will, in fact, relent. Right after I give it one last shot. Don't worry, it's nothing crazy or illegal. It's just persistent. Loving, but persistent. And this time, I'm not taking no from your housekeeper for an answer. Next time on Missing Richard Simmons. So I believe you should have an important conclusion that the podcast deserves. If he made this choice to do it this way, I think he did not do the right thing. You know, Richard has this unique quality, you know, spending 10 minutes with somebody and, you know, they feel like they are his best friend. So you don't think he's going to be there? I have a hunch that he won't. I mean, he hasn't been in nearly three years. Why start now? Most people want that last bow. Not everybody.
Missing Richard Simmons is a co-production of Pineapple Street Media, First Look Media, and Stitcher. We'll be back next week with the final episode. Or if you can't wait that long, you can hear the next episode early, plus a bonus episode on Stitcher Premium. To find out more, visit missingrichardsimmons.com. Missing Richard Simmons is produced by Henry Malofsky and me, I'm Dan Taberski. Additional production, research, and fact-checking by Diane Hodson. Joel Lovell is our editor. Our music is by Andrew Dost. We also use the song Montage from the motion picture Swiss Army Man by composers Andy Hull and Robert McDowell. This episode was mixed by Whitney Jones. Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky are the executive producers at Pineapple Street. Thanks also to Barry Finkel, Ricky Nowitzki, and Josh Gwynn. The team at First Look Media is Adam Pincus, Lee Tal Malad, Nick Bornstein, and Lisa Leingang. Hey, quick favor. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a quick rating and review on iTunes. It means a lot, and it's also a nice way to let other people discover the show. Thanks. Also, we have been receiving tons of amazing Richard stories from you on our voicemail. Thank you. They are extremely touching, and please keep them coming. You can leave us a message at 402-93-SWEAT. That's 402-937-9328. And again, a huge thanks to the folks at Slimmons and Friends of Richard who trusted me to tell this story. And remember what Richard says. Everyone in this world is somehow connected. So why not just be nice to everybody? <laughs>